Hello, I'm Randy Lanthrop, Senior Pastor here at Church in the Valley, and I'm glad you're with us today, and I really hope things are going well with you. It's easy to figure out, based on what's going on in the world, that there is a lot of trouble in it. And in our last message series, we tried to understand the times by looking at what's going on from a biblical angle. In this series, we're going to see God's plan for fixing the trouble in the world. As we grapple with the chaos, the way people are made, we we try to fix the trouble, the problems that are going on. And this is a part of the nobility that God gave us when he created us. Throughout my lifetime, then I've seen many solutions offered to fix the world and the problems in it. The two most often put forward that I've seen are, first of all, education. Nelson Mandela said, education is the most powerful weapon we can use to change the world. A second solution is politics or government. That's the other go-to solution. This poster says, vote to make a difference. And it says, make a difference, make it count, change the future. And for sure, voting is an important part of our stewardship as Christians in this country. There are other solutions that are being put forth out there right now, but these are the two most prominent that I've seen during my lifetime. Education and government, they are certainly important aspects of living in this world, but I want to know what God says is the fix to the trouble that we're experiencing. What is his plan to fix it? If he has a plan, I want to know it, and I want to get in on it. In this series, we want to show the vital role that the church plays in this world, so you and I will be inspired to put our work into the church and Cooperate with God as he works his plan to solve the problems in the world. The world at large gives the church a very insignificant role in our culture, for sure. A new Pew Research study shows that U.S. citizens are less and less confident in the church's ability to solve social problems. You see in this graph that there's a trend in thinking. In 2001, 75% of our country thought the church contributed a great deal to solving social problems. It was down to 58% in 2016. That's a, that's a big drop. That's a huge drop. And then along the same lines, those who think the church contributes not much or nothing to the effort to solve social problems is on the rise from 21% in 2001 to 39% in 2016. In the minds of adults in the U.S., the church is not seen as a significant force in the world. And in California recently, we have been even more marginalized uh, by what's going on. And This really shouldn't surprise us because Jesus told us that we're not going to be considered 
significant in this world. We're going to be thought insignificant by the world around us. This means that it's vital for you and I to understand the nature of the church and the purpose of the church so we can fulfill the role God wants the church to play in accomplishing his plan in this world. That's what this series is all about. Knowing who God made us to be as a church so that we can do what he formed our church to do. The role of the church is best understood in the context of the big picture of God's plan. And it it is a huge, big picture. We can be sure that God is working out his plan for our world. Ephesians 1, 7 through 10 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us. In all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. Paul is putting the church in the context of God's plan, which is of gigantic cosmic proportions. In verse 10, Plan is oikonomia in the Greek, and that comes from a word for house or household. The idea is that of a great household of which God is the master and in which there is a certain system of management that is wisely ordered by him. That's the idea of plan. This is saying that the cosmos... The heavens and the earth are God's house, and he is working in history to accomplish his plan and purpose for the entire cosmos. Paul is showing us God's plan in cosmic perspective, which is to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. Right now, we can see the need for unity like no other in my lifetime. But the plan will come together in the fullness of time, is what this passage says. And that will be just the right time. To fix problems, you have to diagnose the core problem. I got into Cindy's car the other day, and the visor had lost its ability to stay in place. And so it, you know, bumped my head on it a couple of times. Um, you know, it gets in the way. You can't see as, as well as you need to. And so I started trying to diagnose the problem. I was thinking, hey, maybe it's just a part. I unscrew this and maybe it's the whole visor. I don't know. I quickly decided that I needed to call a mechanic. <laughs> I needed to, I needed help. Okay. <laughs> Um, we need God's help for diagnosing our core problem. He's the one who made us. He, He created us. And he knows what went wrong because he's the only one who's been here.
from before the beginning of time. And if we back up to verse 7, we see the solution which speaks to the need, our core problem. In him we have redemption through his blood. It's talking about Jesus Christ. The entire world is in need of redemption because the core problem of the human race is sin. Every one of us have followed the first couple who decided to disobey God. And that's that's at the heart of what sin is. And so we need to be reconciled to God. So beyond redemption, God is working to restore the unity that existed before the beginning of the world. When the world began, there was unity between God and people, between people and one another. And right now, we need to be reconciled to God and to each other. And that's how God is planning to restore the earth to its original pristine condition. God's plan, then, is to restore, reconcile, and redeem people in the world. And in the middle of the chaos that's going on in our world today, God is working his plan through the church. It's clear that the world needs to be unified. We need to be reconciled to God and to one another. And this is why God's plan focuses on uniting all things under his rule. When the world is chaotic and it seems to be spinning out of control, there is hope and comfort in knowing that the Lord of the universe is patiently and wisely working his plan to restore and unite all things in himself. God's plan flows out of the riches of his grace. Remember that, because the church is a community by grace, and we should be a community of grace. Grace should be flowing through the veins of a church body. So we need to hold that thought. We'll get back to that later in the series. In Ephesians 3, we see how the church is the center of God's cosmic plan. God is carrying out a plan of cosmic proportions. Here's a picture to help us grasp the scale of God's work. The yellow circle in this picture shows the stars that we can see in our galaxy at night. It's just a fraction of the entire Milky Way galaxy. And what this does is it reveals the immensity of our cosmos, the cosmos that's out there. This perspective makes us feel small. It puts us in our place, so to speak, for sure. But at the same time, it's an amazing thing that we have the privilege to be a part of God's plan of such immense proportions. It's cosmic. God's plan is cosmic. <laughs> the church is, therefore, an awesome thing to be a part of. 
And we are privileged to play a part in God's plan that he's given us. Ephesians 3 lays out how the church is at the center of God's plan. Ephesians 3, 6 through 10 says, This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the same promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things, so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. What an amazing passage here. Verse 6 in this passage uncovers the mystery of God's will and plan. Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus. All along, God's plan has been to include everyone on earth in his family, those who would choose to be a part. He, his plan is to unite everyone when we've been divided by sin and confusion. The offer is available to everyone, but it's limited to those who accept Jesus' payment for our sin on the cross. That's the reference in the previous passage to, in him we have redemption through his blood that he shed on the cross. The term Gentiles refers to non-Israelites. The nation of Israel was the people of God before Christ. Now the people of God are the church, all who follow Christ. We are not only fellow heirs, we are members of the same body and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus. There are word pictures. These, these three statements are word pictures of the spiritual reality of what God is doing in the church and who he has made us to be. We're the same family. Uh, we're members of the same body. And we are partakers or partners co-experiencers of the promises of God. He is uniting and reconciling a people to himself and to one another in the church. This is an important work that we're doing. In verse 7, Paul says that he has been given a stewardship of grace. And he's saying he's been given this gift by the grace of God and by the working of God's power. We have that same stewardship of grace. We also share in it. We're, we're going to see in this series that God's grace is the power that formed the church, and it is the fuel for our worship and service. It's what 
motivates us to change and to grow and to do the work that God has given us to do in the church. Our church community should be characterized by God's grace as we relate to God, as we relate to one another, and as we relate to anybody who comes around our church body, our church community. We, we show grace to everyone that comes across our path. So in the church, we have the privilege of working together with God and with each other to do something about all the chaos in the world. And as it seems to spin out of control, that that's comforting. That brings hope. And we have the privilege of helping to solve the core problem, not just a peripheral problem, not just something that is out there and it's not going to really help, but we can be a part of solving the core problem of the human race. We're a part of God's plan to accomplish his cosmic purpose to unite all things to himself under his rule. And through the church, we participate in his plan and his purpose that's of cosmic proportions. How great is that? I mean, that is really good. We don't have to stand by powerless to help. As all the chaos is going on in the world, the solutions are being offered we can know that we're working with the God of the universe to do what will really help in, in the, the struggles that people are experiencing in the world. God promises to give us the power that we need to do this. He's going to provide the resources to do his will and his work. We need to work wiser, not harder. And so we don't waste our solutions, our effort, our time and energy and effort on solutions that aren't going to work. A remarkable phrase occurs in this passage in verse 10. So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known. This is God's cosmic plan. The church is much more than a social club with a spiritual angle who reads the Bible together and listens to sermons uh, based on the Bible. It is also more than God's agent of evangelism or social change. The church, in submission to Christ, is the agent of God's cosmic purpose. He created us. He allows us to be a part of his plan. That's an amazing thing. The church is to be a display of the manifold wisdom of God. Like the gem in this ring is many-sided. We're going to look at the various facets or sides of the church in this series. When it says that we are members of the body, that's one facet of the church. When it says that we're members of the same body, it's saying that we are members of the body of Christ. Members of a body, the arms and fingers and legs and feet, do what the brain or the head of the body tells it to do. Jesus 
continues his work in the world through the church today. He is its head. Just like he worked through his physical body while he was on earth, the church is his spiritual body, and he is working his plan through us. What a privilege it is to be a part of that. After listening to this series, my hope is that it makes more sense for you to commit to the church and make a commitment, more of a commitment, to invest your resources in it. We can be a part of the solution, the real solution to the trouble in the world. It's a big deal that God's allowed us to be a part of. What God has given us the privilege to be involved in by working in the church is an amazing thing. We should see ourselves as the body of Christ who is doing God's work in the world. And we need to commit to be a part of the church body and do our work. This is what formal membership, church membership is about. It's connecting together It's committing and connecting so that we can work together to do what God wants to do in this world, to work his plan. And his plan is the church. The fact is that a disconnected body part doesn't last very long. It withers and dies. The Bible never separates being a Christian from being a vital part of a local church body. And I want to encourage you to committing to church membership, either if you haven't yet committed to be a part, a formal part of our church membership here at CIB, we'd love for you to be a part. And I want to encourage you to consider it. We want you to be a part of our church community as we participate in God's plan for the cosmos. Exploring church membership starts by attending preview class. You can sign up today on the connection card for the next preview on August 30th at 12 noon. Preview looks at where we're going. And then If you have been to preview and you haven't gone to discover class, uh, you haven't completed the process, then you can also sign up for discover CIV. And that class, we look more in depth of not just where we're going, but how we're going to get there and how we're organized and structured. And then if you're not yet committed to membership, you've done all that. I invite you to join as a member. If you're a member of CIB, I I want to remind you, and I, I hope this series reminds you of the privilege of being a part of the church and working in it to accomplish God's will and God's work in the world according to the amazing plan that he's put together. It's wisely ordered, and he works through us. And so... I hope this series rejuvenates and inspires you and me both, like it has already me as I've been getting ready for it, to serve with everything you've got. I want to encourage you to take some next steps today. Here are my suggested next steps. First one, my next step is to 
sign up for preview on August 30th at 12 noon. It's going to be virtual. Second step suggested by me is complete the membership process by attending the Discover class. Maybe you've been to preview, you need to uh, attend Discover. And then if you've done both of those, follow through and commit to membership at CIV. At least consider it. Think about it. As we're walking through this series, think about the importance that God has given to the church in solving the core problem of the human race and consider committing. And then another final step is to plan to watch the rest of this series to learn more about the church, the many facets, the manifold wisdom of God that's displayed in the way he's put the church together. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for the amazing privilege we have of being a part of your church body, your church community. With it. it has many facets, and it's a part of your plan. It's at the heart of your plan. The church is the agent through which you're accomplishing your plan. Help us to give everything we've got to be a part of it. And I pray that, God, you'd give us the the courage to take our next step with you in relation to this. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.